Well, good evening. And welcome to this special hanging of the green service here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church. This evening is a service of preparation. We're in a shoot, we're in a, we're in a short time. We will transform our sanctuary with symbols and imagery to welcome the birth of our savior. Today has been a busy day for many, but it is my hope that for this next few minutes, we will allow Christ to steal our hearts and minds and that this service will help each of us focus on Jesus as we begin this Christmas season. This season of Advent makes innkeepers out of all of us, asking each of us to make room for the arrival of Christ. Let us today prepare him room in our hearts, our lives, and our homes. Again, welcome to the special service. There'll be a lot of activity taking place throughout our evening together. And so be mindful of your part in the service. We will try to give you directions the best that we can. And we've also printed those in your bulletin uh, for you this evening as well. Will you now join me in a word of prayer? Our Father, we long for the simple beauty of Christmas, for the old familiar melodies, words, and symbols that remind us of that great miracle when he who had made all things came one night as a babe to lie in the arms of a woman of simple maiden. But in that longing, let us even more yearn for your renewed presence among us, even as we celebrate and expect the coming of your son. Before such mystery, we kneel as we follow the shepherds and wise men to bring you the gift of our love, a love we confess has not always been as warm or sincere as it should have been. As we enter into this Advent season, we pray that love would find its beloved. And from you, we would receive the grace to make it pure again and warm and real in all of our lives. We bring you our gratitude for every sign of your love, for all the ways you have heaped blessings upon us during the years that have gone. And we do pray, Lord Jesus, that as we begin this four-week journey of expectation and hope, that we may do it in a manner well-pleasing to you. May all we do and say, every tribute of our hearts, bring honor to your name, that we, your people, may remember your birth and feel your presence among us this evening and every day to come. In the name of Jesus, who came to save his people from their sins, even in that lovely name, we pray. Amen.
Turn to the responsive reading in your bulletin with me, please. Today we come together to prepare for the birthday of a king. We begin this special and holy season of Advent, the season of going toward the birth of Christ. Let us clear our minds and open our hearts to the coming of our Lord. Let our songs and symbols represent our personal rededication to the glory of God and the manifestation of God's love through Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Our first carol of the evening is carol number 83, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. If you are able, please stand and join in singing number 83.
be seated. Over 2,000 years ago, some sleepy shepherds were watching over their sheep on a star-brightened hillside in Palestine. It was a still, uneventful night. Suddenly, the darkness was filled with a strange light. The stillness was broken by angel voices singing, glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill to all. So began our most beautiful and meaningful religious festival, Christmas. Christmas actually begins with Advent, the season through which we are now moving. The season of Advent, the season going toward the birth of Jesus, and the season of Christmas have a long history. Like a great cathedral, these seasons and their customs have developed through many centuries. Old customs and observances are refined, renewed, and replaced. New ones are added. Some of our customs have pagan origins, but have been redefined so as to have Christian meanings. What is significant for us is not what they may have once meant, but rather what they mean for us today. Tonight, our church building has begun to wear its Christmas apparel. The Christmas tree stands at the front of the sanctuary, and the Christmas tree stands on our lawn. For the first time this year, their lights will shine for us. We make ready for the birthday of Jesus much as we would make ready for a banquet with the royal host by dressing in our best apparel. We are mindful that although it is not Christmas yet, it will be here very, very soon. In this service of worship, not only will we explain the history of the symbols of this special season, we dedicate these symbols and ourselves to God. And now I ask that you would join me in singing carol number 110, Away in a Manger. If you are able, please stand and join in singing number 110.
Advent is a time of expectation, and this is symbolized not only by the four-week period of preparation, but also by the lighting of an Advent candle and an Advent wreath on each Sunday of the season. The flame of each new candle reminds us, the worshipers, that something is happening and something more is still to come. The candles are arranged in a circle to remind us of the unending power of God, which knows ne nor neither ending nor ending. There is also symbolism in the colors of the candles. The three purple candles symbolize the coming of Christ from the royal line of David. He is coming as the kings of kings, as well as the prince of peace. The pink candle is to be lighted on the third Sunday of the Advent season. This candle represents joy. The large white candle in the center is known as a Christ candle and points to Jesus as the Christ. The light of the world is lighted at our Christmas Eve service. As the prophet Isaiah reminds us, for a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9, 7.
please pray with me. Gracious God, fill our hearts this day with the thrill of hope that is found in each of our promises. Like the people of old, we who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Ignite our faith and light our path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The meaning of the carols. Ever since the angels' first song, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill to all, Christians have continued to shout the glad tidings of the Savior's birth. Singing praise to God is one of the oldest customs dating back to the early church. Christmas continues the custom with the singing of carols. The word carol probably stems from the old custom of holding hands in a circle around the nativity scene and singing favorite Christmas songs. Most of our early carols are simple folk tunes accompanying poetry like Go Tell It on the Mountain. Some are nativity hymns focusing our attention on the birth of Jesus like Silent Night and Away in a Manger. Still others explain the how and why of the birth of Christ like it came upon the midnight clear. Some speak of hope, peace, joy, and love, or the mystery of God becoming human, like Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Whatever their intended purpose, carols help us prepare for and celebrate the arrival of God into the world. Listen carefully to the words of our carols as we sing them once again during this Advent and Christmas season. Our next carol is 127, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, 127. If you are able, please stand and join in singing 127.
be seated. One of the most striking and universal features of Christmas is the use of evergreens in churches and homes. Among ancient Romans, evergreens were an emblem of peace, joy, and victory. The early Christians placed them in their windows to indicate that Christ had entered the home. Holly and ivy, along with pine and fir, are called evergreens because they never change color. They are ever green, ever alive. Even in the midst of winter, they symbolize the unchanging nature of our God, and they remind us of the everlasting life that is ours through Christ Jesus. Evergreens are most often portrayed in Christmas wreaths. Wreaths have been used as a decorative sign of Christmas for hundreds of years. Christmas wreaths can adorn any part of your home. In many homes, this symbol of growth and everlasting life can be found both inside and out. It is common to find a number of wreaths on doors, over the mantel, or hung in windows. The wreath has significant meaning for the season. Its circular shape represents eternity, for it has no beginning and no end. The evergreen, most frequently used in making wreaths, symbolizes growth and everlasting life. For many today, it is sometimes hard to remember the real meaning of Christmas. The wreath over the hearth or adorned inside and outside our sanctuary brings a warmth to our hearts as we stop to reflect upon the true meaning of this very special day. In Isaiah 60, 13, we find these words. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto you, the fir tree, the pine tree, and the box together to beautify the place of your sanctuary. While the music is played, those bringing in evergreens are asked to place them on the table in front of the piano and in front of the organ. Thank you. 
For many, Christmas is a time of coming home. It's a family time. The first Christmas occurred in the midst of a trip home. When Jesus was born, Joseph had taken Mary back to the place of his family origin. Back to his ancestral home. No doubt that it was not a trip for pleasure at that particular time because of Mary's pregnancy. The trip was made because the Roman government ordered all heads of households to take their families back to their hometowns to be counted in a census. But the reason they were going is perhaps not as important as the fact that they were going home. Mary and Joseph traveling back to Bethlehem. For a number of people in our church family, Christmas will be different this year. Home will not seem the same. These are the families who have lost loved ones this past year. For a few moments, we want to remember them with thankful hearts for each one and with prayerful, prayerful hearts for these families for whom Christmas will be different this year. As I call out your loved one's name, please bring a white poinsettia to the altar in their memory. Carolyn Hamrick. Betty Bridges. Dr. Jean Washburn. Betty Washburn. Jerry Green. Mildred Arnold. Billy Washburn. Chris Green. Henry Green. Bobby Trexler. Rachel Mack. Tom Poston. Donna Banning. Mary Ann Kelly. Carolyn Wellman. Bob Blackburn. 
God, you've heard the names that they have, as they have been spoken and read this evening. Names that were important to families. Names that were important to this church and to this community. As we gather here this evening, many are reflecting on those names and the memories shared with each person spoken tonight. Lord, I pray that you would continue to comfort these families, continue to be the good shepherd and walk with them amid their grief, amid their sorrow. Father, may stories be shared, memories be spoken of this season that will uh, bring smiles, laughter, and tears. Help us to speak their names often and to speak their names in a way that will recall the good times shared by all. We thank you for their lives. And we thank you for each family member represented this evening. Thank you for being a God of all comfort. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. The point set us. Most Christmas greenery reflects European Christmas traditions. But one plant, which looks like a flaming star, the poinsettia, is native to American continent. It was named after Dr. Joel Robert Poinsett, a native of Charleston, South Carolina, and an ambassador to Mexico who first introduced it to the United States in 1828. The people of Mexico and Central America call the brilliant tropical plant the flower of the holy night. The poinsettia is a many-pointed star that has become a symbol of the star of Bethlehem. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is a shepherd to my people of Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary and his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Matthew 2, 1 through 11. Our carol is number 107, O Little Town of Bethlehem, 107. If you are able, please stand and join in singing.
Christmas tree. The Christmas tree is decorated with symbols that tell the story of God's love. The word Christmas is a combination of two words, Christ and monogram. A Christmas is just that, a monogram of Christ. All the Christmas are handmade in combinations of white and gold by members of our church. White is the literal color of Christmas, referring to Christ's purity and perfection. Gold refers to his majesty and glory. Christ, the light of the world, is symbolized by using tiny clear white lights. There are various combinations of these crosses, monograms, and symbols on the Christmas tree. Christmas were first developed by Francis Kip Spencer at Ascension Lutheran Church in Danville, Virginia. She created them back in 1957 when she set out to create decorations appropriate for a church Christmas tree. Centuries-old symbols depict the life of Christ and tiny white lights reflect the purity of our Savior as these decorate the evergreen tree in the church. Christmas add their white and gold beauty to the Christmas season and make the celebration of our Lord's birth more meaningful by emphasizing God's great gift to the world our Savior, Jesus Christ. We all know the words of the Gospel of John. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. John 3:16 and 17.
One of the most heartwarming expressions of Christmas is the nativity. The, the nativity speaks of the mystery of God's wisdom, why God chose to send his son into our world as a baby of humble birth, born in common surroundings we do not know. What we do know is that God reached out to all people, including the poor and wealthy, the simple and the wise, the powerless and the powerful. All who found him knelt in humility before him. Knowing God is possible because he came to us as we are, Whenever we see in nativity, we find ourselves with Mary and Joseph, with the shepherds and with the wise men, bowing before the manger, overwhelmed by God's expression of love in coming to us. As you walk out of the sanctuary this evening, please notice the nativity in our vestibule. May we all ponder, as Mary did, the wondrous love of God. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 20. Many people in the community ride up and down Main Street in our neighborhoods, noticing the beauty of Christmas season. Homes and businesses glitter with lights as a part of the beauty and meaning of Christmas. The Christmas tree stands as one of the most common symbols of the season. There are several legends and stories about Christmas trees. The first use of the Christmas tree was in the medieval German paradise plays held outdoors and portraying the creation of humankind. The tree of life was a fir tree decorated with apples. Later, other ornaments were hung upon them, such as paper flowers and gilded nuts. In England, branches or whole trees were forced into bloom for Christmas. For these beginnings, the use of a tree at Christmas was established. Martin Luther was possibly the first to use a lighted tree. The story is told that on one Christmas Eve, Martin Luther wandered outdoors and became enraptured with the beauty of the starry sky. Its brilliance and its loveliness led him to reflect on the glory of the first Christmas Eve as seen in Bethlehem skies. Wishing to share this with his wife and children, the enchantment he felt, he cut from the forest an evergreen, glistening with snow, and took it home. He placed candles on it to represent the glorious heavens he had seen. The use of the candle-lit tree spread all over Europe. Through America, came to regard it as a central ornament of Christmas. As we prepare now to exit our church for the lighting of our outside tree, I invite you to take your candle and light it as you leave. We will begin the lighting of the candles as part of our recessional. As we gather around the tree for silent night, and a closing prayer.